0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The following episode of Love and Reality discusses issues of domestic and family violence. Listener discretion is advised. From toxic types to cheating scandals. This. His love and reality. You're as fake as your nose, know, lip and boot job.
1: First of all, I was like a okay, not my type, but...
0: You have wasted my time. As with every season of Married at First Sight, it's the scandals and drama that gets viewers talking. Yet one of the biggest conversations of the season was about actual relationship issues, specifically toxic behaviour, misogyny and gaslighting. Today's topic is one that is close to my heart. So I've invited Executive Director of White Ribbon Australia, Brad Chilcott, onto the show to provide some clarification on what constitutes an abusive or coercive relationship, and more importantly, how to deal if you're in one or know someone who is. Brad, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: How fantastic to be with you, Maddie.
0: I know many people kind of assume that Domestic violence means physical violence, and that's not always the case. Can you kind of talk us through the types of violence prevalent in relationships?
1: There are so many different forms of uh, violence and abuse outside of physical. And in fact, often the other forms of violence people, uh, women in particular, consider the most uh, harmful kinds. They include things like financial control, emotional abuse. Uh, isolating you from your your family and friends. Often these these kinds of violence are wrapped into the title coercive control, but it kind of means all of the things that a person uses to control, intimidate, humiliate someone, and and exert their power over a person that they're in a relationship with. And uh, as you say, um, Australians and society is very used to calling physical violence you know intimate abuse or or referring to that as domestic violence but in fact it's all of these other aspects of a relationship that beyond the physical that also add up to the experience of being harmed by your partner. Mm.
0: I think obviously when it comes to those physical attributes you know yelling screaming name calling threats they're all very obvious signs but are there more subtle signs to elements of manipulation and financial control that people can maybe identify
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, many people, you know, often don't really realise they're in an abusive relationship until they, they start to reflect on some of these things when they listen to a uh, podcast like this. You know, it's the times when you don't have access to to money in a, in a relationship. And even when raising questions about how finances in your relationship are used becomes tense or angry, awkward conversation like you have no right to ask. Um, it's the times when... Um, a partner is insisting on reading your text messages or having your passwords to your social media and email account. It's when um, they start saying you can't go out dressed like that, or you're not allowed to hang out with that person, or you need to tell me where you are every minute of the day. And some people even today in society think this is just how relationships are or even I've had young people and and women say to me doesn't that mean that they love me or that they Mm -hmm. care about me that they you know want to know so much about my life and where I am and have me close all the time but You know, there's a line there where it becomes not about love and concern, but about control and power and insecurity, jealousy, and where one person in the relationship um, doesn't have an equal say in things like finances, social life, relationships, engaging with family. And those are telltale signs that you're in an unhealthy, toxic relationship.
0: I think those justifications that they must love me seem very prevalent. That seems like a, like a go-to response when people are confronted by someone saying, well, I don't think this is healthy. Do you think there's a bit of a difference between emotional abuse and coercive control?
1: Well, I think these are both terms that are used to describe a, a pattern of behaviour that degrades and harms people in a range of ways. I guess if you're particularly trying to describe emotional abuse, it's around the mental harm, the insults, the belittling, the aspects that kind of are designed to break down a person emotionally. And, but I think coercive control essentially has the same impact. It might be a bit more expansive than emotional abuse, including, you know, financial control, reproductive control, um, you know, even religious, spiritual spiritual control about what kind of faith you, you must follow and how. So it can be a bit more expansive. But in the end, it's still around this idea of breaking down a person's autonomy or, or ability to have freedom and make decisions for themselves. And that is an, an, an emotional, uh, mental kind of abuse.
0: Talking about, I guess, spiritual control and control about religious beliefs and even fertility, those sound like really surprising traits do you think they're quite common? Like, do you see a lot of people trying to control those elements of their partner's lives?
1: Like, I think every relationship is different, and what it comes down to is this is gendered in most cases that mm. it's men exerting power and control over their female partners or their or their family members. And I think these kind of men that, that engage in this behaviour use whatever tools are available to them to maintain control mm. and power. And so, what it comes down to in the end is the idea that one person in the relationship, usually the man, believes that their opinions, their desires, their ambitions are more valuable or more important than than the other person, and that they have they are entitled to enforce that in a way. So that's why in primary prevention or in Organisations like White Ribbon Australia are really focused on advancing gender equality as a big part of the solution to preventing all forms of men's violence and abuse.
0: How often do you see women as the perpetrators in these kinds of relationships?
1: Well, the percentages in Australia of all forms of violence shows that 95% of all violence is perpetrated by a man. Men using violence against other men, men using violence against women, men using violence against children. So, of course, we would never say that women are never violent or never coercive but statistics overwhelmingly point to this being a gendered issue. And all forms of violence are wrong, all forms of violence need to be ended. But if we are going to reduce the number of um, women and children being harmed in Australia, we really need to address the challenge of men's violence against women and children.
0: Is that a normal response for, you know, victims to kind of blame themselves? There seems to be a bit of a stigma around, why aren't you leaving? Why not just leave?
1: It's definitely a common response and a, and a normal response, and I think that's partly what we need to challenge in our society is what the the expectations that young people have about what a healthy relationship looks like and feels like and what they can what they should rightly be able to expect from their partner or their many partners you know that they should be able to be treated with dignity and respect for when that isn't the case to not be a shameful thing to tell your friends and to access support to be able to free yourself from that relationship. Mm. We we had some data come out um, from a survey that we did with uh, White Ribbon Australia that showed that something like 42% of young men aged between 18 and 35 didn't think that pushing or um, hitting their partner was domestic violence. And similar statistics showing that they didn't think that um, forcing their partner to have sex was domestic violence. And although the numbers were a lot higher with young men, many young women also had that view. And so what, what we see is that some of these abusive, violent, coercive behaviors are just accepted as part of normal relationships. In our society and I think that is a real challenge for us in the future is how we can make sure every young person you know comes into adulthood and into relationships and partnerships with a clear picture of what a healthy relationship is and how they deserve to be treated by their their partner who is an equal to them, not Mm. someone above them or with more rights and authority than them.
0: That's truly horrifying. Those statistics give me goosebumps and not the good kind. It's not Mm. always easy for friends and family to kind of speak up and broach this. Do you have any advice for people who, if they suspect someone they love is in a toxic relationship, how to broach that subject with them?
1: It is important to um, reach out, to broach those those subjects if you think that there's something going on. It's also important to do that as much as possible at at the right time when it's an opportunity, you know, not in public, not in front of other people, not when it's a a big tense moment that can cause it to escalate further or or any of those things, but simple things like taking your friend aside or out, out for coffee and saying, how is your relationship going? I noticed this. and it might be nothing but it just made me think I should raise it with you Mm -hmm. you know having those kind of safe relationships that are easy for someone to shut down if they're not comfortable to talk but also make them know that you are seeing and that you're aware of their experience and Mm -hmm. opening the door for them to share with you in the Mm -hmm. future I think those things are really powerful and I've lost track of the amount of stories I've heard where you know women especially have said It was only when a friend asked me or said what she'd noticed or they'd noticed that i realized something was so wrong and and it got me thinking and you know then got me seeking support i think those conversations are invaluable and definitely encourage people to have them in a safe way it's really important to be a friend that then doesn't judge or minimize or especially who doesn't believe but beyond that who doesn't say well what did you do to to cause that or you know any of those questions open up the conversation and then just be a person who listens and offers support
0: having someone there that you know you can rely on i imagine makes all the difference i can't imagine relationships start out as abusive in most cases are there any early early warning signs that someone should look out for
1: one warning sign i think is that if there's any topic that you raise or questions that you ask that become no-go zones and i'm not talking about in the first couple of dates or or whatever i'm talking about you know when you've got a relationship going And the person's not willing to share or, you know, really get defensive and challenging when you ask questions, but always wants to be asking you those same questions in reverse. That's a clear sign when it starts to be more than friendly interest in your day and becomes, Mm. tell me who you spoke to every moment of the day. Mm. Did that boy look at you? Were you alone with that guy at any time? You know, it's the questions that go beyond friendly interest and valid concern for your safety so when you start picking up signs of insecurity and jealousy and controlling aspects and i think you can start to pick those up quite early
0: leaving can be very difficult too there's often a threat of what might happen to you or even what they might do to themselves that type of manipulation of If you leave me, I would just, you know, I would die like I couldn't live without you. How do you advise someone navigates that such a tumultuous situation and stressful situation to be in?
1: We all need to be in a position where we know that we're not responsible for the choices another person is making about how they manage their mental health or their response to a breakup. Of course, if we love a person, we want to make sure they have support and those kind of things in in place. But when it comes to a relationship, it's not your responsibility to be the carer for the person that you need to separate yourself from. It's not your responsibility to be their support post breakup or any of that. And the most important thing is that you find safety and an opportunity to have a healthy future and a healthy relationship. Of course, none of that is easy, but I guess absolving yourself of the idea that the other person's health and mental health is your responsibility Mm. is is an important step to take.
0: Letting go of that that kind of guilt, that responsibility. Yeah. White Ribbon is obviously um, a huge support to people in situations like this. How do you advise people reach out to you and and what do you guys do to help?
1: Well, White Ribbon Australia is a primary prevention organisation, which means we are trying to work with men and boys and communities to change the culture and attitudes that create the space for all the kinds of violence we've spoken about today to thrive. In terms of supporting in individuals, we um, work alongside a whole lot of other organisations. 1800 Respect and Men's Referral Service, in particular, to, to say if you're you know needing support right now, if you're a person experiencing violence, call 1800 Respect. If you're a man who's worried about using violence in your relationship call the men's referral service and they can help you to avoid using violence and then we work in with individuals and communities who want to be a part of creating change and advancing gender equality and stopping men's violence from happening in the future we invite people to join us as community partners or to start local community action groups to be a part of that work we're really interested in the idea that men's violence isn't unique to any community, but the solutions are. And so we work with faith and multicultural and sporting and workplace communities to develop um, unique community-led responses to, to men's violence, to try and create change.
0: Amazing. It's I mean, it's great to see you guys doing such fabulous work.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Really, really informative. And hopefully this podcast helps a few people out there. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: No, Thank you for having me, Maddie. I appreciate it.
0: If today's episode raised any issues for you, please reach out to White Ribbon, the Men's Referral Service, or 1-800-RESPECT. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,